Good afternoon, everybody. This is Corey Hepler for the Crazy Monkey Inc. podcast. I am here alongside with Jared Gifford as co-host. How are you doing, sir? I'm always good. That is awesome. We have a special treat for you guys tonight. We have... It's kind of a continuation from last podcast with the horror genre, but we're going to delve a little deeper into the different types of horror and also possibly the different um, productions and production... We, we had to separate it down into two lists. Yeah, <laughs> because I don't have a SoundCloud account set up yet to where we can do three-hour-long podcasts, but that is shortly coming within the next couple months. So that's something to look forward to. Jared, now when we talk about horror movies, mm-hmm. we're not talking about your mundane run-of-the-mill horror movies where the hack and slash where you got these well, four the, college kids going to a cabin and they're screaming and hollering. Well, and, sadly, that's a subgenre of horror. Um, yeah, it's a very known poor subgenre Known as the slasher, and and you know, and and I'm not and I'm not mocking because I love his movies, like, uh, but. Uh, but unfortunately, it's like you, you can thank guys like John Carpenter for doing Halloween for that because that's when the slasher became popular. It was like late seventies, early eighties, and then it became a big genre. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, is horror movies. What a lot of people don't realize about them, especially if you go back to the classics, is what it was. Was it was about the atmosphere. It was about the tone and. And it wasn't so much about the jump scares. The jump scares became a thing of later horror movies. What um, really was interesting about the early horror movies is they relied so much on the atmosphere and so much on the building of suspense that when you finally went to that scary moment, you literally cracked your pants because yeah. you had been waiting that long. Then all of a sudden, something happens. Well, and sometimes then you, you get, gotta talk to Jesus yeah. about coming back down and getting back into your body because now yeah. you're dead because well, you got scared to death. Well, what it came down to was that sometimes <laughs> it was just a tense atmosphere. Sometimes you didn't even need the bah monster to come at you because sometimes just the atmosphere itself was just so tense that you wet yourself just thinking, what's coming at me? What's coming at me? Even if nothing came at you, you were sitting there wetting your pants thinking about what would come after you. Exactly, and that what that's what made a great horror film was the fact mm-hmm. that you got this build-up of, build of suspense, and by the time it actually happened, you were so wound tight that it actually was worth the scare. Exactly, um, and, th- and, that's, and that's the whole thing. That's, the, that's my, the thing I like about if I'm going to watch a horror movie, and this is why I actually love the classics like I do, is to me it's about the tone. You've got to set up the atmosphere. Because here's the thing, yeah, I can I can go down and do cheesy jump scares all day long, but the whole point is is it's it's a tired formula nowadays. Like every single horror movie relies on the jump scare these days, so much to the point where it's just like you can pretty much tell that any horror movie is, that comes out nowadays is going to rely on that that same formula of um, you know. Um, you know, you, you know, teenagers all scared and running for help, and and then the monster pump, you know, pops out of the bushes and yeah. and stabs them. I'm know? gonna have to apologize because if I sound like I'm a little overboard and uh, uh, twacked out, is because I'm 
drinking a Kickstarter from Mountain from Mountain Dew, and I've never drank one of these before, and this is like liquid crack. He's experiencing a high right now, ladies and gentlemen. So if I sound like I'm a little bit, it's because I am. <laughs> but other but, than that, but uh, but let's 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 get started with the with the horror list. We've actually broke this down into two different parts because uh, you the, actually broke it down because I want to do it in one big part, and you got all finicky about it. Oh uh, well, no, but but, but, but you, you agreed with me. You agreed because here's did. the whole thing. We, we we talked about it, and there's a lot of old classic horror movies that we like, and even some some modern ones. Um, but what it came down to is we realized we needed a top ten horror list for pretty much overall horror, and then we needed a top ten horror list for Hammer horror movies because we liked so many movies that, uh, that the ha that the Hammer Studios came out with from the late fifties to the early seventies. Now, because you decided to do it in two different sections, mm -hmm. I'm going to let you go first because yeah. I already know what I'm picking. Okay. But oh, because no. you decided to <laughs> split hairs, I'm yeah. going to make you be the culprit. Okay, okay. Well, um, <laughs> uh, 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 and my my personal <laughs> top ten list, and once again, I'm also going to point out, like I did in the last podcast, that these top tens are not in any specific order. The thing is, I love, I love these movies about the same amount um, I'm just, uh, I'm just naming them off as, as I remember them. Anyway, uh, Go at it. and my top ten for overall horror, uh, number ten would, uh, let's see, number ten would be Halloween, as I point out. Yeah, granted, I did, I did mention that I'm not a big fan of the slasher, but here's, here's the thing I'll at least give Halloween over many other slashers. If you go and watch the original John Carpenter's Halloween... We're not talking um, about the Rob Zombie, whatever that monstrosity was. Man, I'm not talking about the various remakes all across the board. I'm talking uh, the original. Yeah. Um, and and that one I like because it, it had a good thing. It was like it reminded me of of when Alfred Hitchcock did Psycho, mm -hmm. and it had that kind of vibe to it. It was it was more of the you know you had this crazy guy going around and he was and he was murdering random people. And that was kind of the vibe I got from it, and I'm pretty sure, because uh, uh, I remember John Carpenter was saying in interviews that uh, that he was actually trying to go for more of a psycho vibe, and, and he actually wasn't trying to create the slasher genre. He actually got the idea from watching Psycho because yeah. he had realized that mm -hmm. this is how you scare people, and he yeah. wanted to try to replicate that, but in his own fashion. Yeah. And I personally feel he did quite a good job. Now... Just mm -hmm. from my standpoint, and I'm sorry mm -hmm. to cut you off, but... You go ahead. From Halloween 1 to 5, it was amazing. But, like, right mm -hmm. at, as soon as 6 hit, I was just like, now you're just trying way too hard, and that's not well, what you're and, supposed to do with horror. And actually, uh, the thing is, you're a lot more generous in that, with that series <laughs> than I am, because I can definitely tell you I gave up on it. Because um, the thing is, my only ones that I like are the first two. Ouch. Yeah. I you just need a hug? Yeah, well, I'll, right over there? well and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. First two is because they had a continuing story one after the other. Is that well, yeah. Part part two basically takes place the same night as part one, and what happened was was that uh, Michael Myers was just kind of going around, and he he was wounded, but he wasn't dead. It's like the, it's like the first Halloween's the first six hours of the night, and Halloween two is like the rest of the, the rest night. of the night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually. 
you, 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 you nailed it perfectly right there. Uh, the thing is, is that, so what it is is continuous, but then they actually had a definitive <coughs> ending. If you remember watching the end of two, the doctor actually ends up blowing him up in a fire. Mm -hmm. um, and you see Michael Myers die. See, and I, I may be on the morbid side, but I really wish his mother would have died in that one too, because she's just weird. I didn't like her character, and I know that with her, it it was. What, what are you talking about? What? So what are you talking about? Whose mother? Michael Myers's mother. You, you, you might think you might be thinking of Friday the Thirteenth. Oh crap! Michael Myers, uh, you got. You remember he killed his family. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think the caffeine's going to my brain. You'll have to excuse me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Anyway, yeah. I'm gonna shut up. You talk. Oh uh, no, you're good. Anyway, but that was my that was my <laughs> pick for number. That was my pick for number ten. That was a good one. And then and then this one technically also might be considered the slasher genre, but I like the first one because it actually set up a good kind of atmosphere. Was number nine would be Nightmare on Elm Street. Ooh yes. But, it, but, and I'll tell you why. Because the first movie, yeah, the first movie actually at least established this, was everybody, uh, everybody has this fear about when they go to sleep. Because when you go to sleep, you actually feel the most vulnerable. Um, and what Nightmare on Elm Street did, at least the original, was it played on that fear of when we all go to sleep. You know, and, and then basically you had Freddy who would get into people's dreams and he'd kill them in the sleep. So that was actually um, innovative for the time because of the fact that nobody else had tackled that kind of thing before. And it was basically saying that you're not even safe in your dreams, mm -hmm. which was a really great concept. Oh, yeah. Um, and then my number eight pick would actually be uh, another John Carpenter movie, uh, Prince of Darkness. Um... That one I've seen mm. a couple of times. Now you're gonna mm. have to refresh my memory because that was the one where, um, where, where you had this sort of like um, zombie-like death cult that was trying to basically resurrect the devil. Oh, that's right. Um, it actually had a lot of the actors that had been in uh, John Carpenter's previous movie, Big Trouble in Little China. This is true. Yeah, and. And if you remember, one of the leaders of the cult, and, and, and just shows you how diverse the guy is, was actually Alice Cooper. So he was the leader of the pack? Ah! <laughs> <Okay>. Zing! <laughs> but anyway, uh, but no, but I like that too because it had this really cool, kind of creepy atmosphere. Yeah. And, and John Carpenter's really good with that. He's, He's done really well with all of his films. Yeah. With making the atmosphere just so intensely creepy. Yeah. That you want to watch it all the way whatever, to the end. Whatever genre he does, he, he does really well at. And he even, really does. Yeah, you know, uh, no matter what it is. Because it's not just horror, but it's action adventure and everything. But yeah, exactly. And anyway, but yeah, that's my number eight pick, Prince of Darkness. Okay. Um, my number seven pick, and this is actually a lesser known film, and a lot of people haven't seen this one, and it's kind of sad. But I would actually say my number seven pick is Pumpkinhead. Ooh, nice. Yeah. I didn't think you were going to come to the left with that one. That's nice. Why? Well, Why yeah. that? Um, well, first off, you had a really great actor in it that I like, Lance Hendrickson. Yes. And uh, and a lot of people, you know, aren't familiar, because he's not an A-list actor. He's more like a B-list actor. Yeah. But he does so well in everything he's given. I mean, uh, awesome. And then, 
And I mean, come on, I mean, you didn't have so many horror movies, especially at the time, because most horror movies, they'll either go the scientific angle, or they'll go more of the sort of, um, metaphysical, like, good versus evil angle. Yeah, this one, this one actually dealt more with a mythical angle, which I liked. And... I, I really because you have a Pum guy who's actually cursed by a witch. Yeah, I really liked Pumpkinhead because not only was it definitive for the time when it came out, it didn't go delving into the sequel after sequel after sequel like yeah. all the other horror movies did. I think it only had one sequel, and that was it. Yeah, and it, it had stopped in a definitive, mm -hmm. amazing way. And then that was it. Exactly, and, that's it. and I definitely suggest the first one. First one, I think, is a classic, worth it. Um, my number six pick, and you probably will say, and you'll probably say this is no surprise to you. The six number six pick is the is the remake of The Fly that they did in 1986 with Jeff Goldblum. Who's not gonna like The Fly? Uh, you know, Seriously. Uh, <laughs> um, but. Uh, um, but you know, it's a, it's actually that's another one I thought was really really good. What I like about it was um, David Cronenberg, who directed it. He he took the basic premise of the 1950s story and, and he stuck with that. But then he also made it his own because it was it was a lot more creepy than that first one. I mean, it really yeah. was like yeah. even how he made. Jeff Goldblum transform into the fly. Yeah. It was really creepy. Exactly. I mean, and he started looking more and more scary with uh, as time went on. Yeah. And it just, like, it stuck with you. No yeah. pun intended about flies. <laughs> but it, it really did, because, yeah. like, scene after scene, yeah. he, he, he every time you saw Jeff Goldblum, it was just that much creepier, and then all of a sudden, he's the fly, and you're just like... Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah, and exactly, and that's what I'm saying. And then, and then I would even go up. Uh, like my number five on the list is, is also this, and I think it's an underrated one. I'd go with the sequel, The Fly Two. I think they did a good job with that one as well, because it kind of furthered the story from the first one. See, and I know you and I are on the same plane as this. If there's a sequel that ever is in a horror movie, as long as it stays with the generality of the premise of what the movie based was about in the first yeah. one, it does well. As long as it continues on the storyline that was established in the first movie, I'm okay with the sequel. Exactly. What, 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 I, what I don't like, and you and I can both agree on this, is that, is that when you get these sequels, that um, it feels like each one, they try to be their own thing. And, and it's just like, no, it's better when you have a continuous story, because then it just feels like you're just getting the full story, but in parts, almost like a play, a big act. Exactly. You know, you know like, the first each, movie is act one, the, the, the second, second movie is act, act two. two. Yeah, exactly, and then so on and so forth, just depending exactly. on how many acts you want to do. Uh -huh. But that's what I'm saying, that's the best way to do a sequel. And uh, anyway, and then I'm going to go on to my uh, number four pick, and um, my number four... Four pick, and once again, a lot of people are like, "What? How do you like that?" But, but it, I know it, it's just kind of, it's just kind of funny to see him in this movie. But I'd actually have to say Leprechaun with Warwick Davis. I'm on with you with that one because <laughs> Warwick Davis made the creepy Leprechaun uh -huh. real. Exactly. That was a, that was a, that was a Leprechaun that you didn't want to mess with. Seriously, he would take <laughs> your gold and he would beat the crap out of you with the pot. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was saying. It's like, <laughs> like you did not want to steal this leprechaun's gold because he would then make you pay for it, and then some. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I wow. 
I'm yeah. floored because mm. I'm with you. The Leprechaun was such an amazing movie. And even mm. the sequels weren't bad either. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, and then another one I want to get to, and once again, another um, another under-the-radar movie that not a lot of people know. Um, and I'd say it's my number three because it had some creepy transformation scenes and whatnot. Um, I would go with... Um, you ever seen the movie Leviathan? Um, Once. And yeah. it like was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, basically, it's about this creature that uh, it, what it'll it'll kill people, and then what it'll do is like merge their bodies into one real big creepy looking creature, like human centipede. Almost kind of like that, but this one's definitely a lot. It not as how do I put it grotesque. Not, no, no. Actually, no. Actually, it's very grotesque. Oh, okay. Um, no, no. Um, not as cheesy. Not oh. as cheesy as Human Centipede. Well, yeah, because the horror movies back in the day, they had a plot, mm -hmm. and they didn't rely too much on the cheesy, weird, you know, yeah. sentiments that these horror movies now, now have. For my number, for my number two pick, I'm gonna have to actually put two movies, lump two movies together, just because I uh, I really love them both. Um, Hmm. And 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 one then and then uh, one then my number one slot's probably gonna be something you're gonna be uh, obviously know anyway. But um, the number two slot I'm gonna pick both um, the thing John Carpenter's the thing because that was just creepy as hell. I, I'm still it skills it still scares me to this day to watch that movie. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> but then I'm also gonna put in there because this has to be mentioned because it did have some really creepy. Uh, transformation scenes in it, and they also had some creepy like dream sequence the things in it. Uh, American Werewolf in London. I liked that one. Yeah, that that was awesome. But the, you see why I actually had to put them together because they're both but same level of creepy, but just in different areas. Paris mm. was not good. That was no, a no, flop. Don't don't ever don't ever watch the sequel American Werewolf in Peasant. No no American Werewolf in London. That's where it's at. That that's the definitive one to watch. And now, my number one pick for overall horror movies, and I'm lumping them all together into one thing because there's just so, so many of them, and I don't want to make three lists. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, my number one pick would be all the black and white universal horror movies. All right, then. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I was to say, and, and I'm going to do everything, you know, uh, you know, uh, Frankenstein, Dracula, Creature from the Black Lagoon... Um, Are you doing the Invisible Man? Too? Yeah, the Wolf Man, uh, the Invisible Man. Yeah, all of nice. those. Uh, all of what is considered to be the classic black and white Universal horror movies. That's my number one pick uh, for overall horror movies. Um, I like that list. Oh yeah, that's and, nice. And uh, and then uh, to try and uh, bang through this list as quickly as possible. Um, now I'm going to go on to my top ten Hammer horror movie list. Um, just because there's so many ones I'd love in that in, in, in that one too. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, number ten. Um, in number ten. I definitely have to put. Um, let's see. Um, uh, Curse of the Wolf Man. Really. Yeah. Nice. Um, that one's a good one because it's got. Um, um, it, uh, um, it, I guess it's actually got a pretty unique. Wolfman story to it because it's not just your typical man gets bit by a wolf, turns into a wolf, and then starts terrorizing the countryside. Uh, this one was <laughs> quite no, no. This one was actually quite unique in the fact that uh, what happened was um, they had this cool, unique story about the you had this homeless guy who gets 
captured by this sort of dupe guy who's kind of a dick and then basically just um um teases oh i remember him saying him, he was then, more than just kind of a dick yeah and then and then he <laughs> teases him and tortures him and throws him in the dungeon yeah and then leaves him there for all this time until this guy actually becomes this kind of feral wild creature like thing um Anyway, uh, what happens is there's this servant girl who the guy ends up really liking, uh, liking, but he's kind of a creeper and she doesn't like him, and uh, and she rejects his advances and then basically he throws her in the dungeon with the weird creepy feral guy, and uh, basically what happens is, is the the guy basically like thrusts himself on her and then uh, well yeah and then I guess she wakes up the next morning he's dead yeah um but then she's pregnant. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, and then and then what happens is is when the kid comes of age, he starts he he actually then starts uh, having these blackouts. That's a horrible prom story. I know. <laughs> and then but he starts having those blackouts, and then what's what's found out is basically that um, you know what um, at, at night he basically becomes a werewolf and uh, and basically terrorizes the countryside. Um, but wow. what I like about that is it had more one of the more unique werewolf origin stories it wasn't just your typical as i said guy gets bitten by a werewolf and then and and then all that stuff happens um all right you know so that one i like was more unique um see uh my number nine uh favorite hammer horror movie um let's see be um uh frankenstein the monster from hell Oh, there you go. Um, that one's unique, too, because yeah. not a whole lot of people know that one. Yeah, well, and it's part of the Frankenstein series that Peter Cushing was in. Mm -hmm. And if people are not familiar with that, check it out. Peter Cushing's like one of the best Frankensteins ever. The, uh, but uh, what I love it is he's got a more evil interpretation of the, of the Frankenstein thing. Is the, the, and to be clear, for those who are not familiar, when I say Frankenstein, I'm talking the scientist. I'm not talking the monster. Because what happens is Peter Cushing plays is, is Victor Frankenstein. Do you know how many people get that mixed up? Seriously. I know. Well, and the sad thing is, <laughs> but, um, and and um, and and I'm not trying to be mean, but I Universal, am. Well, but Universal made that mistake. Because what happened was, um, in the first Frankenstein movie, they 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 had established that the monster was the monster and Victor Frankenstein was Frankenstein. Yeah. But what happened was when they did the Bride of Frankenstein. What happened was they made a mistake, and then and they started having the characters refer to the monster as Frankenstein. And that's when you got the confusion. Yeah, because yeah. At, fir at first, when I saw that one, I was like, the Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. So the scientist couldn't go out and get yeah. a normal chick. Yeah. He has to make this monster for himself. And then when they found out that she was for the monster, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. This isn't adding up. <laughs> yeah, the, well, basically that's where you, you had the confusion. But anyway, so yeah, um, um, Peter Cushing plays as Victor Frankenstein, and he's, and, and depending on the interpretation, because you, you're funny is, he always plays him really well. But what's funny is you have the first two versions of Frankenstein, because he did six Frankenstein movies altogether. Yeah. First first two movies, he was sort of this mad, obsessed man who was who, who wanted to create life, and he didn't care who he had to hurt to do it. And then you had the third and fourth movie where he's kind of just this this weird, misunderstood genius. And then you had the fifth and sixth movie where the guy was pretty much damn near a villain. Yeah, because at that point they had yeah. just wanted to paint him as evil as possible. Yeah. And anyway, with Frankenstein the Monster from Hell, pretty much what happens is... Uh, 
there's this guy who's following in Frankenstein's footsteps, and he's actually been doing his own experiments with the human body. Um, and But he gets found out, and he gets arrested and thrown into an asylum. Well, what he finds out is that uh, Frankenstein's at that asylum. What happened was Frankenstein basically bought off a lot of the guys who were working that asylum, and Frankenstein's using that asylum as his own personal laboratory where he basically will... Um, mutilate some of the uh, inmates there to basically uh, make make his experiments on making his own you know his own creature because why not yeah anyway. um, but but like I said but I like that one because it it, uh, it had a really cool kind of atmosphere to it that got that cool kind of creepy mad scientist atmosphere um, I will admit I was a little disappointed with the ending because the ending was where I wanted to be because it was just kind of like the monster gets killed and then it's just like, oh, well, back to work again. <laughs> so, you know, uh, yeah, it had this weird ending. But but I like, what I like is everything leading up to that. So that's why it, that's in my list. Okay. Anyway, uh, my number eight um, would be um, Night Creatures. And interesting enough, it's not, it's not a horror in the typical sense. It's actually more sort of a action adventure story, but but where it is horror is just this: is that you have these um, you have these characters and they're descendants of pirates, and uh, they created their own community and they're basically um, trying to um, um, basically trying to create this this nice life for themselves. And but what happens is uh, in order to keep uh, the law away, because what happened was the guy who founded the town was this this notorious pirate. And uh, and and he was known that he was he was bloodthirsty and he killed a lot of people and he basically um, uh, stolen a whole bunch of treasure and whatnot and that's how he funded the town. Oh, fun. Um, well, what happened was the guy actually had repented for that. He actually he was actually trying to make the town a good town. He actually had become the town priest and he was actually doing better for himself. And he's actually played by Peter Cushing. Um, and. Uh, um, but what happens is they have this whole thing to keep people away where they basically dress up like these ghosts um, of these pirates. Um, and, and that was kind of like the local village legend and whatnot. Anyway, there was this one guy who basically looks into it, finds out that it's fake, and basically you know, tries to go and hunt the people down. And uh, what happens is, uh, you know, um, basically in the end what, uh, what it boils down to is you have these two characters. There's this, uh, there's this guy who's sort of... Uh, He's he's not really well liked in the village, but like Peter Cushing's character likes him, and he knows he's a good kid with a good head on his shoulders. Yeah. But unfortunately, he doesn't come from a prominent family. And there's this girl that he likes, and she's actually comes from a prominent family. Oh. And her her family basically wants her to marry into this whole aristocratic rich family. And anyway, what happens is they arrange it so uh, like Peter Cushing helps it so they, that these two that these two uh, two can be together. This guy and this girl who love each other, but their parents don't want them to get together. Um, anyway, uh, he, he arranges it so they can get together and run off together. And, and then what happens is uh, when when the law finds out about him and who he used to be, uh-huh. he, bas- he, bas- he basically he takes the fall so that those two can basically go and live a good life together. So it's got this kind of nice story to it. But what like I said, where the, where the horror movie aspect comes in is the fact that they dress up as ghosts and try to scare off the, the, the various different people from looking into the history of that town. Okay. Um, and uh, let's see, my, uh, my number seven favorite Hammer horror movie. Um, let's see, that would, uh, that would definitely... Uh, let's see. Um, that would be... 
Um, and this is actually, I know, kind of an interesting choice, but it would be Dracula AD 1972. Mm. Um, and, well, it's one of the Christopher Lee Draculas, but one of the later ones. Yeah. But, and... I'll admit it. It's got it's got some cheesy moments, and they have that sort of pseudo nineteen seventies like music, you know. Yeah. Um, but what I like about it is it's still got that good creepy gothic atmosphere. It still feels like a really good Dracula movie. Um, you know, if you take away all the modern setting, it mm-hmm. still feels like a great Dracula movie. And, and come on, Peter Cushing's in it again. Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing to me is another one of those actors, classic guys. He's just like. Vincent Price to me in this. He could be in the worst thing ever and he'd elevate it to mythic status because he was in it. Um, anyway, um, my number six, um, my number six would be, um, Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed. Okay. Um, and that one, and that one I really like because that, that's another one where you have, uh, Victor Frankenstein and this one he's like, you know, this, he's just this bloodthirsty asshole. And what he's trying to do is he's he's dealing in drain uh, drain he's dealing in brain transplants mm-hmm. and um and 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 basically um he has this assistant that's working with him and he ends up uh, going insane and then dying during the process. Anyway, he gets this other guy to help him out by blackmailing him uh, with uh, something or another. I can't remember exactly what. But but anyway, uh, he has this other guy go and help him. And then what happens is uh, when he transplants the brain of his assistant to this other body, um, his assistant um, gets pissed off at him and basically schemes a revenge to basically get back at Frankenstein. It's actually kind of cool when you have the confrontation scene at the end. Yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, number five... um, would probably be um, Taste the Blood of Dracula. Okay. And uh, that one's that was pretty cool because um, you basically, in this one, you have this guy who's like, he's this disciple of Dracula, and he's basically been wanting to resurrect him for many, many years. And he basically kind of like, he, 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 he's got this sort of status as, as the guy who knows a lot about the occult and everything. Yeah. And um, what happens is you have these, these, these rich guys who basically... Like they they get up to no good all the time and and they're and they're looking for what they think is you know something to do for fun mm-hmm. and so basically they decide okay well we're gonna get in this guy because he's into this weird stuff and this ought to be fun and and then um and and and, and then so and, and then what happens is they finally are able to resurrect Dracula but what happens is they kill the guys freak out and then they kill the servant of Dracula and then Dracula basically goes on a bloody revenge to basically uh, avenge his servant that they have killed because why not. Mm, well, you know, not the best plot, granted, but it's fun. <laughs> it's a fun watch. Yeah. Um, number four, or was I in five? No, I thought four, four. four. Number number four would be the Mummy. Yeah. I like I like Hammer's remake of the Mummy, and that's really and that's really cool. And their their remake of the Mummy is actually um is 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 not based on the first. It's actually not based on the first. Universal Mummy movie, but their remake is actually a remake of the second Universal Mummy movie, mm-hmm. which is uh, the hand of or the Mummy's hand. Yeah. Um, and uh, and that one's a red and really cool one, and and I just Christopher Lee's interpretation of the Mummy is really great. Got uh, you know, um, and and then once again Peter Cushing's in it elevates it to this higher status. Just check it out. Um, my number three pick. My number three pick is gotta be. Um, 
um, The Revenge of Frankenstein. Okay. Um, and and then that one, it, it kind of continues off with the from the Curse of Frankenstein. So basically, he had Frankenstein had been going to um, the guillotine. Yeah. Um, and uh, you find out that he is able to flee the guillotine because he had somebody who uh, rescued him. Um, and then he um, and then he goes off uh, and uh, starts doing new experiments again. Uh, long story short, the patients he's working on because he's pretty much disguised himself as a doctor and uh, uh, you know a physician um, in this case. And uh, and then and then they pretty much find out that he's Frankenstein. Try to beat him up, and then anyway, he he escapes by basically, uh, interestingly enough, finding a body that looks just like his body, and then mm -hmm. he transplants his brain. Oh, there you go. And then everybody thinks that he's dead because they find his body. Yeah. But he's in this body of this other guy who looks just like him. Okay. Um. Anyway, um, my number two pick would actually be The Curse of Frankenstein, which is the very first Hammer Frankenstein <clears throat> movie. Mm-hmm. And that one I really like because. What I like about that is there's another unique take on Frankenstein. It's like they don't just take the universal Frankenstein and then it's just basically like, oh, hey, cut and paste. Well, know? it was the kind of horror movie where mm -hmm. it had just evolved into its very own yeah. entical movie yeah. to present a different side yeah. of Frankenstein. Yeah, and what I like about it is basically what you get with Curse of Frankenstein. You have a man who's so obsessed with creating life Mm -hmm. That he doesn't care who he kills in order in, in order to obtain it, and I the, think that's the that's the main reason yeah. why you and I like it is because yeah. there's this kind of a yeah. tyrannical type of menacing yeah. that he forebodes with his mm -hmm. with how he does things. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, Peter Cushing, I like it because he can play a really sinister bad guy, and he's really yeah. good at that. And then, uh, and then, and then, my number one favorite Hammer horror movie uh, pick is got to be Horror of Dracula. Um, that to me is an uh, is an awesome Dracula. Now, once again, it's not it's not completely accurate to the book. It takes liberties like most other Dracula movies do. But what I like about it is it's got this really good creepy gothic atmosphere. And Christopher Lee as Dracula, he's got this really great presence, and 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 it's just it's just awesome. I mean, and if you watch that movie, and this is for those video game fans out there, if you watch Horror of Dracula, you can definitely see where a lot of the people who made the Castlevania franchise got a lot of their inspiration. This is true. This is true. All right, and now those are my definitive picks. Now it's time for the audience to hear your definitive picks. Hmm, okay, my list might not complement yours, and I guess that's a, okay. It, that's, that's the whole point. This is supposed to be our personal list, so, of course, yours is supposed to be your list. Yeah. Um, ten for me, it would have to be, and I know I put it on a higher ranking last list, but I'm going to put it on a lower ranking just because of how it came about. Um... And I would have to say that it is The Exorcist. Yeah. And the reason I say The Exorcist is because not only was it one of the very first horror movies I'd ever seen that made me crap my pants, <laughs> um, it also was the first time that I had ever seen or heard anything about an exorcism, real mm -hmm. or not. 
Oh, yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying. That's got to be, and especially when you're a kid. You see that stuff as a kid, you know, that's really creepy. Yeah, I was like 12 or 13 at the time, and I just like, I, I don't know what happened, but I was so glued to the TV, but by the time the credits were rolling, I was running upstairs, and my pillow was soaked with tears because I was just so freaking frightened, mm. and I swear I wanted to kill my your older brother for showing me it because he was such an a-hole about it <laughs> but anyway yeah um that's my number 10 yeah. number nine is it it can be considered a horror movie but it's really mm. not it's more of a horror movie type video i know this sounds mm. really weird um and that's thriller by michael jackson Oh, that's true. You know, I didn't ever stop that, but basically it's a, it's a music video slash horror movie. Yeah. And that one, along with The Exorcist, scared the hell out of me, literally. Because well, you've got my... Especially as a kid, because I gotta, I gotta admit, I gotta admit that. Uh, I didn't stop and think about that when you said that. It's, it's funny. As, as a kid, when I, when I did see the thriller video, yeah. that actually did scare me, especially like, you know, I said the part where he turns into the werewolf and then also the zombie part. Yeah. And so, um, that's my number eight. And I thought it was your number nine. Oh, that was my number nine. And what's really funny about that one is I like Michael Jackson's music, mm. but when I saw that he had made this movie slash musical, again, I crapped my pants because I was, like, really young at the time, and my sister... Well, it didn't, you know, it didn't help that the guy he got to use the makeup for that music video was actually the same guy who did a lot of the makeup mm -hmm. effects for... Uh, 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 for American Werewolf in London. Yeah. Um, but what had happened is my sister, she's like, Corey, you like Michael Jackson's music, don't you? And I was like, yeah, I like him. And I was like young and stupid. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So she's like, you want to watch a music video with me? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, as it started, I was like, hey, this is really cool. And then he started turning the werewolf. I couldn't have jumped faster over that couch and not broken something than I did when I saw that transformation. I crapped my pants, and then I crapped my pants. It was that weird. And mm. then she's like, well, what's wrong? I thought you liked horror movies. And I'm in tears, because I'm nine. Yeah. And I'm like, why would my older sister do this to me? And then I thought, oh, that's right, because she's an ass. <laughs> and so... I tried, and you, you yeah. I really wish I would have videotaped this, because it was yeah. so funny. I'd, like, be like Kilroy. I'd yeah. look up, and then I'd look down, and then I'd look up, and then I'd look, <laughs> and you see, it's just like this, uh, like this mass thing of me looking at the TV, then crying, then going back down, and getting back up and looking at it, then going back down. And I looked like the biggest moron. <laughs> it's just like to this day I can't watch that music video yeah because I realize how traumatizing it was and I yeah. do realize it's all makeup and stuff but as a kid you just can't get that image of Michael Jackson being this really amazing singer and all of a sudden I'm going to kill you <laughs> and so I'm just like I'm traumatized and you can make fun of me all you want, but I will never watch that ever again because I cracked my pants. All right, well, what's your number eight pick? <laughs> my number eight pick is one a lot of people really, really enjoy, 
And it's a series. Uh-huh. And it's, uh, it's Fright Night. Actually, that's not a series. They actually do have a movie by the same name. Yeah, the movie series. That's what I was talking about. Oh, well, Fright true. Night 1 and 2, and I believe they did a 3 as well. Um, I don't know about 3, but I remember they did yeah, do they a did 2. Yeah, they did a 2. And for what was really cool about Fright Night is it took vampires and it made them what they were supposed to be um, after Bram Stoker. They were, they were supposed to transform into this ugly, creepy, creepy yeah. vampire, and they knocked it out of the ballpark. Yeah. It was freaking awesome. Oh, yeah. And so, <laughs> about that, that one was one that I had gotten to watch when I was, I believe I was like 15 or 16 at the time, so I was a little past my crapping my pants phase. <laughs> and I really, really enjoyed it. It was yeah. really interesting. And they did a really good job with it as well. Yeah. Another one, my next pick, is one, that not, is one that not a whole lot of people... No. Yeah. And it's called The People Under the Stairs. Oh. And I don't know if you've seen it or not. I've heard of it. I, I actually didn't get to see that one. Um, the People Under the Stairs, because what it was is this couple had bought this house. Yeah. And they'd been told... They'd been told that it was haunted and that, you know, they shouldn't buy it. And, of course... Any couple that's in a horror movie, they're going to be like, oh, no, we're fine. And in the middle of the night, they hear this mm -hmm. bam, bam, bam under the stairs. Yeah. And they're like, what the hell is that? And so they go to find out, and they look into the shadows, and there's these little peedy little eyes, like, pier like piercing, yeah. looking out at the wife. Yeah. And then it just jumps out at her, and she, like, turns, like, all 50 shades of white. Yeah. And she runs back up the stairs screaming at her husband, there's people under the stairs! And then they come out, and they're just ugly as crap. Yeah. And that one scared the crap out of me, too. So yeah. people under the stairs was actually one that I would highly recommend if you want yeah. to scare the crap out of your children. Exactly. Um, number six. Number six. I would have to say Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yes, that's definitely a good one. And I would include that in my list, too, but once again, it'd be a too long of a list. Yeah, you're good, because not only do I respect Gary Oldman as an actor, yeah. but he, he pinned Dracula and how he was supposed to be so definitively that mm -hmm. I was like, he's the only other person that could play Dracula mm -hmm. besides, well, you know besides Christopher Lee yeah. and make it his own, well, because you know how he had done it... It was it was almost like he had taken the embodiment of the book, yeah. and brought it to life. Exactly, that's what I was going to say. You and I discussed this before. Yeah, and uh, and the thing is, one thing that's great about Francis Ford Coppola's uh, version of Dracula was he actually made it closer to the book than almost anybody else had before then. And I really really enjoyed that because, as you know, mm -hmm. if you're not going to tell a horror story, that's from a novel mm -hmm. as closely and as accurately as you possibly can, I'm just not going to watch it. Because I know that you've jacked it up, and it's just, yeah. it's not going to be a good story. Yeah. Um, so, so, no, so definitely, no, I definitely agree with you on, on that one. So, no, I, I think that's, that's definitely a definitive Dracula movie to watch. And another one that I really, really enjoyed uh, yeah. was uh, Village of the Damned. That was actually... 
it wasn't mm. really scary more than it was funny because what yeah. had happened was this town um, had yeah. oh, experienced a blackout. Yeah. Okay? And then as soon as the blackout is gone, all the women in the village, for some odd reason, are pregnant. Yeah. And I'm like, did a demon just, like, black out the whole town, then bang all the women, and then all of a sudden they had this demon spawn of children? Because mm -hmm. right after that scene, you see all these women that are pregnant, mm -hmm. and then the very next scene, which is really weird, it's creepy, but it's funny, yeah. is they're all on hospital beds giving birth to children. Oh, yeah. And so it's like, what the hell? Yeah. This is weird. And then the they have such a rapid growth as the children, yeah. and what happened is Christy Alley, she's one of the ones that was pregnant. Okay, she, so you're talking about the remake. Yeah. I'm not talking about the original. I'm talking yeah. about the remake. Yeah. Um, she hides the one that she has, yeah. and all of them are supposed to have a mate, uh, a boy and a girl. are supposed to have mates. Yeah. And the one girl that didn't have the mate was trying to figure out, well, why don't I have one? Everybody else has one. Yeah. And the children found out what she had done, and they killed her. Mm -hmm. And I'm like... This is awesome. Yeah. So I really liked that one. Um, next one, because it's a series, I'm only going to delve into the first three because the yeah. other ones were just stupid beyond belief. Okay, this is uh, your number four? Yes. Children of the Corn. Yes. The first one, definitely. I'm totally on board with the other one, yes. But the sequels were totally worthless. Yes. And because it was Stephen King... I'm always going to love anything that Stephen King, Stephen King comes out with. Whether yeah. other people hate it or not, they can go screw themselves. <laughs> Stephen King is just the master of horror. He's the master of getting you to sit down and read a book. And just by the 10th page, if you're not sweating bullets yeah. because it's so creepy and so descriptive, yeah. you're obviously not reading Stephen King. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's he's got that he's got a good way of whenever he's doing horror that he he describes being alone in a creepy room so well. Exactly. And you could be like alone in a room and all of a sudden you hear this ee, 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 and you get up to check and nothing's there and you go back and sit down and you ee, 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 and it's the getting up and checking and not finding it and then all of a sudden you're not looking for it, and then it kills you, that's yeah. the creepy part. Well, and another thing he's good at, because he does a lot of this, too. You're like, like, I like how you talk about ee -ee kind of thing. Like, like, you sit down, check it, nothing's there. You sit down, hear it again, check it, nothing's there. But then, and this is your third time to charm, hear it again. And then you go, and you go, and you happen to glance at the mirror, and you see a creepy face behind you. Exactly, and then you find out it's your mother with a mask. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. I'm that's horrible. I'm so sorry. For anybody's, anyway, anyway, anyway. You're, you're good, but no, but good, good pick. Yeah, good pick. And what about your number three? Number three, I think you're actually gonna really like this one yeah. because number three is one that we've both watched, I think, and one that we both really, really enjoy. And I want to say that. The one that I really, really, truly enjoy, and if you haven't seen this movie, I highly recommend it. It is The Telltale Heart. Oh, with yes. With Vincent Price. Yes, yes. Well, anything with Vincent Price usually, usually is good, and I love the 
the and I love the the Poe stuff that he did. So I'm I'm totally on board with you on yeah. that one. And I haven't found one movie that Vincent Price has been in, just like Christopher Lee, just like Boris Karloff. Yeah. Um, that is bad. No, he's he was really good, and especially especially his horror films. And so totally on board with that. You know, I mean. He's done some pretty creepy Poe stuff, and that's up there, so I totally agree with that yeah. one. And I'm on two, right? Yeah, yeah, you're number two. One that was really creepy, and it's a kid's book, but just how they made the makeup and how they made them look was just weird. And it was yeah. really cool. And if you've seen it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's the children's novel... Witches. The Witches. Ooh! Actually, yes. Yes. I do know what you're talking about. By Roland Dahl. Yeah. Because he's the one that did um, uh, the BFG and James Yeah, and yeah, Peach. yeah. No, 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 exactly. In fact, they actually... In, in, in fact, and, and you're, you're talking about the movie version they did, right? Exactly, yeah. And all of that. Yeah, no, I love that because, uh, yeah, they had... Um, they were changing the kids into rats and stuff like that so yeah, they couldn't tell yeah, them Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it had Angelica Houston in it. Yeah. And... Uh, just the head witch. Yes. Yeah, actually, no, I'm with you. Actually, as a kid, like, as an adult, not so much, but as a kid, I found that really creepy. Yeah. I actually thought that the head witch was scary. Yeah, she, she used to give me weird. nightmares. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's my number two pick, and obviously, that's why. And my yeah. number one pick is, it's a comedy horror, but it's dear to my heart because not only does it have one of the best singers that I feel mm -hmm. for Broadway musicals, yeah. she's also just an amazing actress. And yeah. I will forever put her on a pedestal as an amazing actress because everything yeah. that she's ever been in has just been phenomenal. Yeah. Hocus Pocus. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Hilariously enough, um, not really a horror film. But I think I know what you're getting at. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it's actually quite fun because it's, I guess it's a, it's a good Halloween-themed film. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess you could kind of technically maybe say it does because they do have a zombie in it. But, yeah. But, but you know, you know, I'm actually not, uh, you know, I'm actually not against that pick because the whole thing is is that while it may not be necessarily scary, it's actually a very good, as I said, Halloween-themed film. Yeah. Yeah. And so, if you haven't watched Hocus Pocus, you really need to because not only is it funny, it's scary in its own right, and it's just, it's got, some, it's got Sarah Jessica Parker in it, and she's amazing. Um, it's got the it's other... Got Midler. Got Bette Midler, which is also just, she's freaking genius. I don't care what anybody says. Mm. She's an amazing singer, actress, philanthropist. Mm. She's just amazing all around. I, I'll never mm. knock anything she does, because she's just amazing. Mm. Um, and also, I have a bonus pick, if that's yeah. okay. Go ahead. Um, my bonus pick would have to be Queen of the Damned. That's actually a good one too. Uh, um, not uh, to me. I, I feel like they tried to condense too much into one story because it's almost like they tried to put two books into one. Yeah. But but uh, a lot of the stuff that was in it, I did like. Yeah, and Aaliyah as um, the queen, she, she did an amazing job. Yeah, actually, no, I, I I thought she looked pretty hot in that one today. I mean, other than the fact that she was drop dead gorgeous in yeah. that. You know, um, she just made the vampire queen she was escape very, good, very yeah. sensual and sexy and creepy. Mm -hmm, I agree. You know, she had the whole package. So, yeah. and um, rest in peace to her because she's been dead for a while. She's made great music. Mm. 
and she was a great actress, and she was never snobby. She no. was always down to earth, and she always was a really nice person in interviews and stuff like that with her fans. So yeah. I give her a lot of kudos. So you no. know. You want to, um, because we still got a, we still got a few minutes. Uh, you want to maybe give a good, nice, condensed list of maybe some of your favorite classic horror movies. Hmm. Classic horror movies. Oh, what? I have some. Oh, hey. Um, tonight we actually have a special guest, uh, Maury Kessler, with us again. Uh, uh, good I've horror. I've been lurking. You? Yeah. Yeah, we don't have a whole lot of time. Uh, it's only sixty know. minutes. So. Um, so uh, and and uh, Maury's going to sound in on uh, his uh, his favorite top picks for uh, horror movies. Yeah, this is in no specific order, and given the time, I'm not going to go into it too much. Uh, some of the horror movies that I have enjoyed or otherwise scared the crap out of me: the first Hellraiser, <laughs> the first and second uh, Alien and Aliens. I like sci-fi horror. Uh, along with that line, you have Event Horizon, creepy as all hell movie. <laughs> uh, I liked Stephen King's It with Tim Curry for the... It was a 1990s miniseries. It was a good one. Not so much scared by clowns, but the way Tim Curry does it is great. And there's a little bit of a different one, but Slenderman YouTube mockumentaries that are done in the fashion of this as if they are real reports on a supernatural phenomenon. They can get pretty creepy if they're well done, so I enjoy those. And uh, found footage movies like The Blair Witch Project. You may scoff at that. I think it's kind of stupid. For the time, it was freaking scary, as was the uh, viral campaign that they had before you even knew what a viral campaign was. Oh, I remember that. The documentary, on the, again, mockumentary on that they had leading into the movie scared the crap out of me. Yeah. Yes. They actually had a really good campaign going for that one. Yeah, and that's all I have. Okay. Oh, you have been graced by my presence. Oh, <laughs> praise Jeebus. All right, and once again, we still actually have a, a few good minutes to go, so uh, why, don't, why don't you give us your, 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 uh, your, your definitive list, Corey, on uh, your favorite classic horror movies. Classic horror movies. This is going to go uh, really fast because I know we don't have a whole lot of time. Yeah. Um, I would say Bela Lugosi... Basically, any horror movie that he'd ever been in. Oh, is, yeah, any movie that he's been in has just been gold. Is friggin' amazing. Yeah. Uh, Vincent Price, you can pick any movie. Oh, yeah. Once again, once again, just pick a movie and it's most likely good. It's elevated by his presence. Exactly. And another one with Vincent Price in it, which I totally enjoy because not only is it the best poem that I feel yeah. that Edgar Allan Poe has made. I think it I know was, what it is. It was the one that put him on the map as an allegory for missing your loved ones. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the raven. Exactly. I knew it. I knew it. Never and, more. And the reason I want to say this is because a lot of people think that the raven was actually supposed to be... Um, he was actually talking to a raven, which is not true. Mm -hmm. Because what the raven was supposed to be, the raven was supposed to be the embodiment of his... Um, late dead wife Lenore and yeah. what happened it was basically he was delusional in his mind and he kept on th hearing the word Lenore um, being shouted out loud and he just wanted some peace because he had just buried her and yeah. so what had happened he didn't want to be reminded constantly that his wife had passed away yeah. and so hearing in his mind uh, nevermore like um, it was, in his mind, his way of saying, trying to ease himself, saying, okay, 
it's okay that you miss her, but it's also okay that you never forget the good times that you had with her. Exactly. So a lot of people think that the that the guy's talking to a real raven, mm. which is funny, I guess, but it also makes you look delusional because if you look within yeah. how Edgar Allan Poe wrote, he did a lot of allegory. He did a lot of metaphors. So he he played with a lot of symbolism. Yeah. So... That that one is my definitive top pick, is The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe, which um, Vincent Price did. You, mm -hmm. you can't get past how iconic Vincent Price was with mm -hmm. how he acted and how he said things. He had this voice that when he came on, everybody mm -hmm. shut the hell up and he talked. Yeah, and, 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 and this is actually a really good one as well. <laughs> Anyway, we are out of time. Um, Jared, thank you for being on the podcast. It was amazing having you here. Oh, it's always good to be here. And uh, Maury, good to have you here as well. We love you, man. Nevermore. We're not hugging you, though. That's kind of creepy. <laughs> I would hurt you if you tried. <laughs> I'm not going to try. Good. Anyway, you guys have a fantastic night. Remember to show love towards one another, give someone a hug if they need it, uplift somebody if they're having a bad day, and just all around treat each other with respect because the world needs more love in the world, and it's lacking it, and that's sad. So do what you can to uplift someone's day, and have a fantastic weekend, and we will see you next Wednesday for a extra special podcast that I have been cooking up mm. for the past couple months that I feel that you're just going to absolutely adore. And if you don't, well, that sucks. Yeah. But I, I feel that you're really going to you know, dig deep into this next podcast because it's going to hit home for a lot of you listeners because it's going to dig deep into a lot of emotion. Yeah. And I'm okay with the making you cry. <laughs> um, so you folks have a wonderful night, and we will see you on Wednesday.